Amen. So last week we started a series called uh, Hope, and um, hope is our theme this year. That's why we invite you to Hopeville, and we welcome you every single day to Hopeville when you come to Tswane Central, because this is Hopeville. Amen. So last week we spoke about, uh, we looked at hope from the word hope itself, and we used hope as an acronym to talk about the fact that if you are a hope carrier, you need to think holistically. You don't need to compartmentalize your life. You don't need to look at certain areas of your life to be more important and the other ones not that important, but each one of the areas of your life is important. And uh, then we said you have to take advantage of the opportunities. When the conditions are right, when you see that this is an opportunity, you need to take that opportunity as a hope uh, carrier. And we also say that you have to prepare for success. You have to know that success is a possibility. Don't leave your life as if it's not possible for you to be successful because if you become successful and you were not prepared for it, uh, you will think that it's special. Not knowing that it's actually just a normal thing for every one of us to be successful and so it's not going to destroy your life. Then we spoke about excellence, that it's important, you know, for us to continuously be on a journey for growth. We should not stop growing. You should not come to a place where you start to feel like, man, I have arrived. We say that uh, the top of one mountain is the beginning of another, you know. So when you get to the top of this mountain, you can still go to the next mountain because there's always a, a taller mountain. So this morning, we are going to talk about how to engage faith, how to engage faith. Sorry, how to engage hope. You know, the only problem is that many of us, when we talk about hope, we usually think of wishful thinking. You know, that is why, you know, when somebody says, I hope you go well, it's a 50-50 thing. It, you, it can go well or it cannot go well, isn't it? I, I hope you are okay. When you say you hope somebody's okay, you are wishful, you are thinking that maybe things would go well for them. Biblically, excuse me, <clears throat> biblically, hope is not what everyday life has made it to be. It's not wishful thinking. You see, in everyday life, hope is looked at as uh, something that may or may not happen some kind of uh, optimism. You know, we say, may something happen or we hope something happen because we are, I use the word hope, we are hoping for a positive outcome. Biblically, hope is always linked to something that is Satan. In the Bible, when you talk about hope, you are not wishful thinking. When you talk about hope in the Bible, you are talking about something 
that can certainly happen, except that it hasn't happened yet. I will give you an example. When, when a child is 10 years old and he discovers that when he turns 21, he is going to inherit 6 million rand. The time between 10 to 21 is 12 years. The money is there, but this child cannot access it. Hope means he is looking forward to the time that that money is going to be in his hands. Although now, he doesn't have the money. Now, when, 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 when you are wishful thinking, you wish that at 21 you could have 6 million. It's a possibility, but it's also possible that you may not have it. But if it's an inheritance and it's sitting at FNB, it is there. Hope is that you haven't grown into the 21 year for you to get that inheritance. Does it make, does it make sense? So, what it means when you read about hope in the Bible, it is never wishful thinking. Hope is always linked to something that is there, and there's a very, very big word in the Bible. It's called beholding. So, beholding means this 12-year-old will be looking at a statement and they are able to see that there is money there. That is called to behold at something, to look at something. Now, this morning, what I want us to do is, I want us to, uh, first of all, look at where does your hope come from? You understand that? Because hope should not be something that is just uh, built or, or maybe uh, based on you thinking that maybe. It should be something that is based on something that you have beheld. So when you behold something, and then you, that thing that you behold gives you hope to say that thing can be here. So when you are at 12 years old, you are looking at 21. You say, at 21, I will get my inheritance. So hope, ladies and gentlemen, is based on actual things. Hope is based on certain things. It's something certain. It's not something that you are going to uh, feel like you're. Maybe, maybe not. Now, in Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 to 10, it says, In this manner, therefore, pray. All right? It says, In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, 
how loud be your name? Or is it how loud be your name? Like to hallow be your name. And then in verse 10, there's a very, very big statement in verse 10. It says, your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So here is what hope means. Hope means somebody beholding what is in the kingdom of God. Somebody beholding what is in the spirit realm, what is the will of God, what it is, what is it that God has said to you about something. And you looking at it, because the Bible says, and may your kingdom come. What is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is not a location. The kingdom of God is the power of God or the rulership of God. So what do you behold? You behold at the king that is ruling over something. And that gives you hope that what he is ruling over can also be a reality in your life. So what you do is you behold. You behold. You behold. Amen. That word is, you have to keep that word. We are going to go over and over it today and the rest of the time that we are going to be uh, talking about beholding. Now, hope is connected to, a, uh, to beholding the king ruling in his kingdom. And you as a hope carrier living out living out what you see the king doing in his kingdom it's going to make sense it's it's not an easy concept to grasp but you will grasp it by the time that i am going to be uh finished this morning so beholding have you ever seen, uh, maybe in a movie or maybe in a book, they, they, put, they put somebody, they put somebody on a horse. So they put this person on a horse and they put all the legalia, the nice clothing and everything and they give him a sword and then they give him uh, all kinds of things and then they take that person in front of a group of people and then they bring that person into the audience and then they say, behold the king. Do you know what that means? When they say, behold the king, they are not saying to you, look at the king. To behold means that you go beyond looking. You are looking at the power you are looking at the splendor. You are looking at everything that this person that they are telling you to behold has. So that is why if I, I take my wife and uh, I, I say, baby, come to the front and uh, let the people behold you. I am not saying look at my wife. You, you, you go beyond what she is just in the dress 
what she is just in the physical. You go into everything that she is capable of doing. So in other words, when you are looking at God, when you are looking at Jesus Christ, when you are looking at uh, the power of God, you are not supposed to just look. You are supposed to be mesmerized. You are supposed to be hoard because you are like, whoa, is this what Jesus can do? That is why the Bible says, may your kingdom come. What is that kingdom that is coming? What is coming is his power, his splendor, his ability, and everything that you are beholding. And you are saying, may that, may that that I am beholding bring change into my, into my life. So you are looking at the king and his kingdom. The king and his power. Now, the Bible says, may your kingdom come and may what is in heaven be also in my, in my life. Now, a lot of people, again, when we talk about heaven in this context, we are not talking about the place where God lives. We are talking about the spirit realm. So that is why you as a child of God, it is wrong for you to look at life only from a physical point of view. You have to go beyond and you have to look into the spirit realm and see what is the will of God beyond the obvious. Yes, I saw, you know, my heart this morning really bled when I stood there and my wife said, can all the people that are looking for a job come to the front? I think almost half of the church came to the front. And I was sitting there, I was like, yo, all these people are unemployed. So what it means is this, when you look at your unemployed status, what do you behold? Is it the status of your unemployment or you are beholding what God is able to do beyond what you are going through? Because what you behold is what is going to become. Are you seeing what I mean? What, 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 what you perceive, what you see in the spirit, the things that you see in the spirit are the things, that is why the Bible says, may what is your will in the spirit, may what is your will in heaven come and be a reality in my life. So what it means is that in the will of God, you are employed, and that is what you have to behold. Does that make sense? You have to be looking at, deeply perceiving, and seeing yourself beyond just what you are going through right now. And that is very, very important. Because, <coughs> because, when you see properly, then, you will have hope. Do you see the connection? 
Your hope does not come from wishful thinking. Your hope comes from you perceiving a possibility and seeing that spiritually this possibility has been if you are sick, for example, seeing that my sickness is gone, and because of that, you now have hope. Hope is not saying, maybe I will get a job. No, 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 no. Hope is saying, I have a job. It is not here, but you know what? I have beheld. I have beheld the glory of God and I know that this God that I have seen this king that I have seen and his kingdom is able to deliver that job for me and because of that you have hope this thing of saying I hope you get a job is for non-believers Yeah, because what you are saying is that there is a possibility your God can sell. You see, there is a possibility that this person that you are beholding has ability to fail delivering what you are believing him for. That is why when they say, behold the king, what they are saying, behold the splendor, behold the power, behold the ability of this person, and you start to feel men. That guy can do a lot of stuff. And because of that, you have hope to say, you know what? I may not be employed right now, but my employment is coming. I may be going through a very difficult patch in my marriage right now, but I have beheld the king, and he is the king of relationships. And I know I have hope. That my relationship may be going through a turbulent time right now, but I know that there is a hope for me because this relationship is going to be healed. I know I am sick right now, but you know what? I am beholding somebody that is able to bring healing into my life, and then you develop that hope. Hope is just the distance between here and here. That is what hope is. Hope is not here is hazy. There is nothing here. No, 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 no. Maybe one day there will be not. No, 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 no. Hope is you are here, but this thing is here. That movement there is called hope. That is what is called hope. Now, you as a hope carrier, it means that you have to see something first before you develop hope. Does that make sense? You can't have hope without seeing a possibility first. If you don't see a possibility first, you are wishful thinking. If FNB can't tell you that there is six million sitting there which you will get at 21. Wishful thinking says at 21 I can go and look and maybe. But if they 
if your father has left that money, he has signed for it, and FN has signed for it, and a lawyer has endorsed it to say, 21st, 21st birthday, this person can come into the bank and they can cash out this <coughs> between 12 and 21. You will live in hope. Your friends can laugh at you. You, you wait for 21, my friends. That's what it is. They, they, they can walk around driving nice polos and all those things. You, you are just in a taxi. You are just telling them, wait, 21. <laughs> when 21 comes, you just go to Mercedes-Benz and you get your AMG. You, you see what I mean? Because between now and that time, there is hope. I have talked too much, but it's very important that I have to emphasize that because it's going to make sense, like I have said, when I start to just unpack everything. So, when you see something, what it means is this. God, when you are beholding something, when you are beholding something that is already there, most of the times, the thing is going to be in a state in which you don't want. But when you behold the king and his kingdom, you will behold it in a state that you want it to be. Now, this is what God does. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me very, very carefully. I, I know that uh, uh, when you say that, most of us are thinking of the former president. <laughs> but you see, it's important that sometimes we emphasize to people like he did. Listen to me carefully. God does not destroy what has been affected. Did you hear what I said? God does not destroy what is affected. That is why there is no state, a human being, a system, or anything can go into that God is not able to bring to a place where it is supposed to be. This is why God does not make new things. God makes things new. Does it make sense? That is why a prostitute has messed up her life. When they come back to God, he doesn't kill them. Does that make sense? A, a guy can be a robber, a murderer, and everything. When they come back to God, he doesn't kill them. He doesn't make a new person. He makes the person new. You are seeing the exact same person, but this person is a new person. That is why. That is why when you are looking at your life today, it is in bad shape. 
God will not give you another life. He will make that life. He will make the same life. But he will make it new. It is unemployed. And it will be employed. It's in the same relationship that is going through a problem. But that same relationship of people that were about to kill each other. They are, the, the, the next time you see them at the beach holding hands. Because now the relationship is not a, is not a new one. It is new. <laughs> you don't go out to find another woman. You, you, re, you re, renew the same one. That's how God works. Because when you are looking at God, you are saying to yourself, this thing has been affected. And God is saying, don't worry. We will not throw it away. You and me, we throw it away. Not God. God makes all things new. In the Bible, like I have said, hope is confident conviction of Jesus Christ as king and confidence in his power as the ruler who is capable of doing something about what you're going through. And that is what brings hope. In 1 Peter 1 verse 13, the Bible says, Therefore, get up the loins of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, let me start to break this thing down. The first thing that you need in your life is that you need to have a very clear revelation of hope. It is important that you have this revelation because you need God to enlighten your understanding of what hope is. You need God to help you to perceive so that you are able to know beyond knowing but no, it will be okay. You understand that? Here is what a lot of us don't understand. When somebody says it is okay, most of us, we have, we have already put together what okay means. Your okay may be very different from God's okay. Because God knows you better. And that is why sometimes even the very situation, somebody betrays you and you go through such pain and you pray. A person who is hopeful knows that it will be okay. Because you know what? One day you will notice and one day you may discover that the very betrayal is what led you to be who you are going to be in the future. If you were not betrayed, you wouldn't be where you are at today. So in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15, it says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith 
in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, so that you may do what? So that you may know what is the hope of his calling. You need to get to a place where you understand very, very deeply, very, very deeply what hope is. Like I have said, it is not wishful thinking. It is being convicted that Jesus is king and that he is the ruler of his kingdom and his kingdom encompasses everything. And that is why there is no space in your life where he can fail to make things new. He can make things new. So when you look at your world, you see a broken world. Something in very, very bad shape. <clears throat> when you behold the king and his kingdom, you see the very thing, but you see it in a new way. Does that make sense? You are not going to create a new family. You are not going to create a new job. You are not going to create anything new, but you are going to make the thing that is already there new. That's how God works. That is, how, that is what hope means. Hope means this broken system, this broken thing, this thing that is not working is going to work. The Bible is very clear. The Bible is very clear. It says, and I beheld and I saw the new heaven and the new earth. And God made everything new. But it was the same thing, but it was just new. But it is the same thing. You probably are looking at your business right now and you're telling yourself, this business is not working. Let me tell you, hope is going to tell you that this same business is going to be made profitable because you have hope. I'm not saying that because you are optimistic, because you are involving God. So hope is about beholding this king that is very, very powerful and is able to change things. Unfortunately, the word beholding itself gets, has gotten completely whitewashed. You know, it's, it's, it's a very, very simple word these days. That's why, you know, in most Bibles in English, it is translated look or it is translated see. 
But the word behold, like I have said, it's, it's, it means to gaze at something with amazement. You look at this thing and you're like, yo, this thing. And a lot of us don't take time to behold at what Christ can do. That is why a lot of us think that Jesus is just your tea boy. You, you just give him, you know, uh, a list of things to do, and then you leave. It, uh, get me a car, uh, get me a wife and a husband, and uh, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> hmm? You don't take time to behold, to get really, really amazed. You don't get time to, to, to perceive, to know that this king is powerful. Ladies and gentlemen, somebody who defeats death is not simple. Me, I, uh, when my dad died, I was the one that went to the morgue to go and uh, get the body from the hospital to take it to the undertaker and I went into the morgue and there was a lot of other people that had died there and uh, so this, this guy that works in the hospital wasn't very organized so he asked me what my father's name was I told him he says look <laughs> we opened another one it wasn't my dad <laughs> you know open another one it wasn't my dad I think of three or four then we found my dad now, ladies and gentlemen, if I were to ask you a question, so we took my father's body and we put in the uh, that steel thing that the undertakers used to take to the morgue, I mean to the undertakers. Just when we are doing that, one of the guys in the in here coughs. <laughs> <But> <coughs> You, no, you will speak in tongues. <laughs> you, you will do all kinds of things. Now, here is something that a lot of us do. Jesus didn't just cough. Jesus didn't just cough and went back to sleep. The Bible says the soldiers, maybe 80 to 100 soldiers, were guarding his grave. The Bible says they saw him waking up, an angel removing the stone, and this guy walking out of the grave and coming towards them. The Bible says that they were all like dead men and that is the Jesus that you send to go and get your tea because you are not looking and you are not gazing and you are not understanding the power of this Jesus that you have in your life that is why it's very easy for you to think oh man things are difficult they are difficult to you but not the one that has overcome death he is beyond that. He is beyond that. 
you think Jesus, Jesus, Jesus can fail to get you a car. That is why the Bible says, if God was not able to withhold his son, what can he fail to give you? What would he fail? The problem is not, the problem is that you are not beholding. You are not looking because it is the looking that is going to give you hope. When, when you are looking at your, your unemployment, you are looking at your unmarriedment. And you are looking at all these things. You know what happens? Those things diminish Jesus. Stop looking at this. Start looking at this. At the one who could not be held by the most feared thing in the world. Death itself. The Bible says he overcame it. And he says he sat on the throne with God. And he will be king forever and ever and ever. His kingdom has no end. Not only the end in longevity. When the Bible says his kingdom has no end, it's not talking only about time. It is talking about power, that his kingdom, his power has nothing that can restrict it. His power has no end. You need to take time to behold. Behold! Look at this! Look at this. Don't, don't, don't just brush through. Take time. Take time. I was listening to a, a clip today about a guy, his grandma. He was a, a, an American soldier. Hey, my time runs. <laughs> he was an American soldier. His grandmother gave him a bottle of anointing oil and prayed. The grandmother says, every time you go for an operation, take this oil, rub it on your gun, rub it on your car, and pray that the blood of Jesus is going to protect every equipment that you're going to use in Afghanistan. He went for three operations. In his operation, not one person died. Not one ambush. Everybody came to such an extent that his, his superior went to him and said, you must stop your nonsense now because we want war. We are not being shot at. We came here for war, my friend, because Jesus, Jesus was there. I know a guy that did exactly the same. He is in construction every single morning. 
he went on the construction site and said, I bring this construction site to you, dear Lord. The way we do at the tribe of Judah. We pray every morning for our day. And he said, may there be no accident. A huge, huge, huge construction. Not one single person could even have said that a brick fell on them. Behold this Jesus. You have to behold. Now, in Genesis 1.31, the Bible says, God looked at everything he had made and behold, it was good. You know what that means? You look at this and you are like, yo, he has created this. That is what beholding means. You know, beholding the king, it is not just looking at the king, but deeply perceiving his power. Why? Because he makes everything. It doesn't matter how terrible your situation has gone. He will not replace you. He will just make your situation new. Revelation 21, 5, it says, And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he said, Write this down for these words are trustworthy and they are true. Behold, he is making your relationship new. Behold, he is making your career new. Behold, he is making your business new. Behold, he is making everything in your life new. He is not saying, hey man, I think you've gone too far. No, 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 no. The Bible says his power has no end. There is no limit to what he can do. Now, you as a hope carrier, you have to know something. Um, as a hope carrier, you cannot be a hope carrier if that hope is not hope to you. Does that make sense? You need, you need to get to a place where first you have hope. And this hope has changed you and then you can be a hope carrier. Now, it, there is a very, very easy way of remembering this. It's actually just like ABC. How to remember this. The first thing you have to do is this. As a hope carrier, the first thing is that you are the audience. That's an A, isn't it? You are the audience. Why are you the audience? Because you are beholding. You are looking. An audience is somebody who, like, like now you are the audience. You are looking. You are beholding, isn't it? So what it means is that the first thing that you need to do is that you have to behold as an audience. You look at Jesus and his power. You look at God and his power. You behold this, this, this God. So you are an audience. Then the second thing that is going to happen is that now, that's where the thing about engaging comes from. 
Now the second thing is that after you behold, then you engage the king and his kingdom through prayer. Eh? When you engage the king and his kingdom through prayer, you become the beneficiary of his power, of his kingdom. And his will start to get established in your life. So the first thing is that you are the audience. The second thing, you are now a beneficiary. He makes all things new in your life. Within your uh, physical body and your career and your relationships and everything. Things start to change. Why? Because you have been beholding and you have seen the power of the king and you have seen the abilities of the king and you have seen that this God is able to change my circumstances. And when you engage him in prayer, that now you, be, you become a beneficiary of the things that you were beholding. The things that you were looking at. The things that you were perceiving, the power of God. After you have done that, then you become a custodian. Then now you are a custodian of faith. Now you can dish out. <coughs> now you can dish out some hope. You know, you know it, 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 it's, it's like those people... Those people, you know, uh, that put a car is smoking. You know those cars that smoke a lot? Not smoking like this. But at the back, it produces a lot of smoke. And it is really in bad shape. Do you understand that? And this car is the one that doesn't just move on fuel. It leads two things. <laughs> Fuel and prayer. For it to move. <laughs> now here is the problem. Those are the cars that usually have the sticker at the back. If you love Jesus. <laughs> that is the problem. There is no hope. <laughs> Do you understand that? But when, when, you, when you see this machine. And you yourself, you know that this is a beautiful machine. And when you put there at the back, if you believe in Jesus' hood, then there is hope. So as a hope carrier, you are beholding the power of God. You are benefiting from the power of God. Then you can be a custodian. You can point to something. Look at what I used to be, but God has. Look at what my marriage used to be, but look at where I am now. Look, look, look at me where I used to be in my personal life, but look at where I am now. Because now, you are not just an audience beholding, but through prayer and engaging the power of the king, you have become a beneficiary of that which you have been beholding. Your life has been made new. Your things have been changing. And as these things are changing, you are able now in your family. When you rock up in Limpopo, you rock up in Limpopo, then you can say, look at hope. Welcome to Hopeville. Yeah. <laughs>
Welcome to Hopeville. <laughs> Welcome to Hopeville. But if you yourself, you need hope, how can you be a hope carrier when you are in need of hope? You need to be an audience. You need to engage God and let him change you. And then when he has changed you now, you are able to say, hey, welcome. <laughs> well, I like it, Mr. Mr. Cadet. Welcome. <laughs> this is Hopeville. You are now a custodian. You are, you are now the one that is carrying. You remember what we gave you last week? You are a hope carrier. We want you to be a hope carrier. In 2 Corinthians 1, 14, I'll be done. Who comforts us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in trouble with the same comfort with which we ourselves are comforted. It should start with you. And then you become a custodian. In 2 Corinthians 5.18 All this is from God who reconciled us to himself first through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. As a hope carrier, you need to behold the power of God. Engage the power of the king so you can benefit. And when you have done that, then what you have seen. Me, me when I go to visit my old friends that we were with in school and that we were with uh, some of them, maybe not in school, we grew up together. They know there are certain things, they, even them themselves, they can testify. One of the things that has stuck with me, two things, can we stand? Two things that have stuck with me is this. And both of them were done by my own father. That's why they mean a lot to me. Because both of them were done by my father. One of them, my wife is here today. When I finished school, I sensed God calling me to come into ministry. But I, my father sent me to the Zambia Air Force because I wanted to become a fighter pilot because I didn't have a good mathematics I didn't qualify to be a pilot I qualified for another job as an aircraft technician so all my friends and everybody were taken they went to Israel to go and train and then when they come back to Zambia they went to the Copper Belt University where my wife went but I told my father after my name was in the newspaper of all the people that were supposed to go and I, I, I say to my father, I am not going. I don't feel that this is where I want to go. I will go to Bible school. My father was infuriated. He was angry. 
he didn't speak to me for a couple of days because he saw his son wearing a nice Zambia Air Force uniform with a lot of nice peeps here, uh, uh, dignified and everything. And you know, I went to Bible school, I finished Bible school, I came here, I stayed here for some time, then I went back to Zambia and I got married. And my father, I took him from the village, he came to Lusaka. I, this is not a joke, ladies and gentlemen, but God honored me so much during my wedding that we had to give food to people outside after everybody, 300 people had eaten and we took food and we gave and including drinks. And in the church, there was a general in the church. He booked a place for me and my wife where we had our wedding where only generals and people that have maybe a full kennel even when you are a lieutenant, you can't walk into that space. I am a civilian. I went there. Soldiers were the guys that were doing stuff for us. A general was an usher in my wedding. A general. A, a, a general was there, sitting there. He was sitting there, making sure everything is fine. I'm not joking. And I was going to change. I'm walking out of the place. There are soldiers there, the, the, the lower rank soldiers. They're looking at things from afar. They didn't know I was the groom. And they say to, to they, they're talking to each other that we have never, ever seen a wedding like this in this place. My father, when they say, come and speak. Because of the place and the, everybody that was there. My father came to the front and he stood. Because my father couldn't speak English. So he spoke in my language. And he told everybody that his God is real. That's what he told the people. He told the people that when he told me that he's going to be a pastor, I did not believe this boy. But now I know that the God of this boy is a real God. That's what we are talking about. We are talking about you being a custodian of the hope that you are talking about. We, people must say, uh, the God of Jacob, the God of Isaac, the God of Daniel. Where is the God of Tabo? Where is the God of Malinshokonolo? Where is the God? Where the... That's what they want. And my father shaking there, he said, I have never, ever seen. But this boy has made me believe in God. His God is a real God because he saw what was happening. The second time, my father was dying of prostate cancer. I went to Lusaka to go and see him. I sat in the room. He was this thin. I sat there, and me and him, we started chatting. And he was thin, but his voice was still that of a father. And he says to me, come here. Come here. And he says to me, my name, he calls me Mavoto. Mavoto. 
Look after your brothers. And look after your sisters. And he gave me the name of one of my brothers. He says, that one worries me. Help him. And then I said to him, I said to my father, I said, Dad, pray for me. This is what he said to me. He says, I am about to go. Me and him, the two of us. He says to me, Alex was there. I am about to go, but I am not afraid. Because I go, I'm going to a good place. But I am worried about you, this brother of yours. That look after these other ones and help them. And then I felt this is a great moment. And I say to him, Dad, can you pray for me? He says, no problem. And the prayer of a dying man, he started to pray for me. He prayed for me. He prayed for each and every one of my brothers and sisters, mentioning them by name. When he finished, I went into his body. He couldn't even walk at the time. I, because I had put him on the edge of the bed, I went and I hugged him. But he was bones, like bones. And he says to me, I never knew I could have a son like you. Never. I will die a happy man because I have a son like you. That is hope. That is hope. That is hope. When people are able to see God, not because you come to 20 Central, not because you are loud in the worship team, not because you stand at the door, but they are able to see when your father, when your mother, when your cousin is able to say, oh, I know there is a God in heaven. Your life has shown me that there is a God in heaven. Then you can qualify to say, I am a hope carrier. Then you can welcome people to hope there. People out there, people out there need God. People out there need God. They don't need people that go to church. There is a lot of people that go to church. They need people that are going to bring hope to them. In their hopeless situation. There are so many people. I was holding a worship a, 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 a seminar on, on, on Friday. Marriages are breaking every single day. People are sick. People are unemployed. There are so many things that are happening. You and myself cannot continue to do church as usual. We need to be hope carriers. When people come into our space, they need to see God. They need to feel God. They need to understand that there is a God in heaven. And somebody can say, I thank God because of you. Because of you. So, you are a hope carrier. This world is broken. It needs hope. And it's my prayer. It's my prayer. That you will take that hope to them.
that little thing that you have, don't throw it. If you have already thrown it, come back to me and say, sorry. Give me another one. That is very important. Keep it in a place where you can see it. Every single morning, when you walk up and get out of that house, you can say to yourself, Lord, thank you that today, the hope that I have, the hope that I feel, I will take the same hope to the world. So Lord, I, I thank you this morning. I bless you this morning. I honor you this morning for each and every one of these hope carriers. I pray that a friend will say to them, I thank God that I met you. I pray that a husband will say to his wife, I thank God that I married you. A wife will say to the husband, thank you that I met you. A colleague will say to you at work, thank you for helping me to see God. That gogo that is just about to go to the grave without God will look at you and say, you are 70 years younger than me, but I can see that you are walking with God. I pray this morning, I pray this morning that your life, your life is going to show hope to the world. You will be a custodian of hope after you yourself has benefited from hope. So this morning, I welcome you to Hopeville. I welcome you to Hopeville. The place where God wants to show you his goodness and his love. Amen. 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 Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. It's time that you have to engage with hope and may God bless you.